influencers. Let's get bouge. Listen to Abe Thompson for an hour. I'd rather fuck a blood relative. It's Abe Thompson. Yo, yo, yo. What's going on? Um, ladies and gents, welcome to episode 177 of Aid Thompson and Other Disappointments. Uh, it's your twice weekly hop, skip, and jump into the cruel and crushing worlds of news, politics, dystopia, and all things awful. Uh, think of this show like a bleep test. All right. Do you remember bleep tests from back in the day? You're running from this piece of chaos. Over here to that piece of depressive news. Beep. You know, then back to this head sinking in your hands, barrel scraper, political standards. And then beep, back to this conservative conference over here. And back to a mass shooting. And beep, back to a new variant over here. And beep, the oil's going to run out. And boom, that's it. Game over. Time to tap out. You know, open a beer, pull up a pew. Sit here and, you know, help me make light of it all, basically. Allow me to bring my light to your darkness. Uh, if it's your first time checking out the podcast, uh, my name is Aid Thompson. Uh, I used to do stand-up comedy. Then I had kids, and my kids ruined my dreams. So then I became a satirist, and now I do a podcast. It's twice a week. I do a Wednesday solo one, normally on Wednesday. This week it's on Thursday. Um, and then Friday nights, I do a live stream with a guest, uh, tomorrow night's guest is Josh Hamilton. He's the host of the uh, very popular podcast, The Gist. Um, and he's sort of similar vibe to me. Like we're both, you know, political. I, I guess he's a bit more serious than I am. But he's, uh, he's really into like discussing things like, you know, cashless societies and the potential of crypto and uh, authoritarianism. And uh, so, yeah, if that sounds like your bag, join us tomorrow night, Friday night, half past seven uh, with Josh Hamilton. Um, anyway, let's let's get into it, shall we? Let's jump into this thing. Um, it's been a big week for right wingers, hasn't it? It's been a big week. It's been huge for the right wing this week. We've had the uh, you know we uh, the the conservative democratic organization conference. We've had the national conservative conference. Uh, I think next week is the Aryan Brotherhood, isn't it? <laughs> And then it's just three Trump rallies, and then they're all off to Nuremberg. Like, that is where this is headed, isn't it? Like, how deep are the Tories going to go with this? Is what's going round my mind at the moment. Everything's got so fucking crazy. Like, doesn't it, doesn't it make your heart back to the good old days? Does it, do you guys remember the good old days when the Tories were just a bit clumsy with their racial terms? Do you remember that? When it would just be some old grey-haired bastard in a shit suit. And he would say coloured instead of black or <laughs> whatever. And everyone would be like, whoa, what's with the fucking racism there, Gramps? Like, like that was a story back in the day. You know, it'd be a couple of UKIP candidates or... You know, counselors or something, and they would call a they would call a Chinese restaurant a um, well, you know, <laughs> they would call it by the you know the 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 problematic term for a Chinese takeaway, right? Like I'm not going to say it because I honestly don't know what's fine 
and what's not right now. You know, I don't even know if it's okay for me to say if I'm quoting what some imaginary person might have said 12 years ago. I'm sure someone would be along to educate me, you know, any moment. But anyway, like, do you remember back in the day when it would just be, you know, some odd UKIP guy would use a dumb term and that would be the big story? Now we flash forward 10 years and we've got fucking, you know, cabinet ministers on the stage demonizing immigrants. Some other guy all but fucking, you know, suggesting lesbian and gay people can't be proper parents. And then and then we had some nutty bitch telling you to, to take your kids out of school and homeschool them because the schools are too woke now. Like, she's a fucking head teacher, by the way, that woman. Like, like a literal head teacher from a school telling parents to take their children out of school if it's too woke. That's where we're at now. Just a few years on. Been a hell of a journey, hasn't it? And I suppose there's two ways that we can look at that. You know, we, we, we can either say, well, yeah, you know, that's what happens when you make a mountain out of a molehill aid. <laughs> when your granddad says coloured instead of people of colour and he gets lynched by the townsfolk just because he's a bit out of date with his terminology, just because he can't keep up, Aid, with your bloody words, your stupid words, Aid. How can you expect this old bastard to update his software every five years when you change all the racial terms and the pronouns? and Like, he's 73, Aid. You saw what he was like when you tried to teach him how to use a DVD player. And forget about Netflix. Why did you think? Why do you think he would voluntarily change his entire vocabulary? Why? Like on the off chance that you might take offence. Like you're not even blackade, and you're expecting him to correct his vernacular to be, you know, what exactly? To be to be respectful of someone who probably wouldn't even care, even if they existed, even if they were there. But he should do it. He should correct his vocabulary just in case you take proxy offence. You fucking sticky pages of the Guardian clutching attention hoover. Get fucked, Aid. And you could kind of understand that argument, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, may maybe not all of it. But, you know, the, the idea that if we hadn't ostracised people for making understandable mistakes here and there generational mistakes if we hadn't amped them up to being hitler <laughs> maybe they wouldn't have distanced themselves from the left and center left right and gone on to try to find a political home elsewhere and maybe we shouldn't be surprised when they find that home in a place where you know people not only don't give a shit if your dad uses clumsy language but they actively fucking embrace it and they use it as a launch pad. You know, they're like, in in you come, Jeff. In you come. Don't don't worry about, you know, coloured and clumsy terms for a Chinese takeaway. Don't worry. You can say it here. You can say it all here. Nobody's going to judge you. No, they're, they're, they're not. No, no. In fact, that kind of talk, that will get you friends here, Jeff. Oh, wow. Um... I mean, you know, I, I don't go around saying it for the sake of, you know, saying it or, or for popularity. You know, it's just it's just how I used to talk, you know, back in the day, like like everybody. Well, no, 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 of course not, Jeff. But I'm just saying, you know, if you did throw out a few 
disparaging comments about the Pakistani community. You know, in between your double brandies at this fucking British Legion bar, I'm just saying it might get you welcomed. And it, it, it could even get you loved, Jeff. You know, like there's something in there, isn't there? That by leaping for the fifth gear offence and proxy offence, that we sort of, you know, we sanitised or we, we sort of overexpended what offence even is, you know? And then we, in doing so, we, we kind of pushed people like Jeff away from the left and the centre-left and into the arms of actual racists, right? But then conversely, <laughs> right? Remember, there's two sides to this, right? Conversely, you could also say, well, you know, hang on a second, right? It started with people like Jeff. Fucking Jeff. With his tweed jacket and his stupid fucking farmer coat thing and his flat cap. Fucking hate Jeff. It started with people like Jeff. This is what I do now. I make up people in my head just to annoy myself, just so I can enjoy the hatred. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me, guys. Uh, need more sleep, I think. But it started with people like Jeff and Farage. And big posters saying Britain's full. It started with people clutching their pearls. Over him using a racial term to describe that Chinese takeaway. But, but that is where it starts, okay? It starts there, but we knew where it was headed. And at the time, you know, people were banging their heads against the wall. They were like, why do you cunts keep booking this prick on Newsnight and Question Time and giving him air? Like, when the racism starts with, with a, a fucking odd, clumsy term, like, it starts with the background that Farage had, which I still don't think has ever really had the airtime that it should have, you know? This is a guy who, like, he, he had notes written by a school teacher who presumably did not pull him out of school for the school being too woke, right? But, like, he had notes written about him, sent home to his parents or whatever, from the school teacher saying that he was exhibiting signs of racism and fascism at school! And back then, you know, like, 10 years ago or whatever, like, we were like, it starts here, guys, but we need to nip this in the bud, all right? Stop booking him and then lo and behold 10 years later not only is he still getting booked on those exact same shows he's got his own fucking show now and the party in power the actual government are singing from this cunt's hymn sheet so i don't know man like is it that you know back in 2013 or whenever when when you know ukip were on the rise Tory MPs were defecting to UKIP and all that. And people were using some of this clumsy terminology. You know, back in 2013, like when, when we were demonising anyone who used an outdated term as being a disgusting racist, right? Like, is it that we should have maybe, you know, cooled it a bit? Left some in the tank for a bit further down the line. And, you know, and then these people wouldn't have felt so politically homeless and gone running to Farage. Or is it that we could always see where it was headed? And now we've been kind of proven right. You know, which of those is it? The answer, as always, I suppose, is, you know, probably somewhere in between. But, um, but anyway, weird fucking week, hasn't it been?
And I say that, by the way, fully contextualized with, you know, the weird political era that we're currently inhabiting. Like the last few years I know have been weird. There's been lying to the Queen. There's been lies on the side of buses. There's been Mog falling asleep in the parlor, proroguing parlor, all of that stuff. There's so much weird fucking shit we never would have thought would have happened. But even by those standards, this week's been a bit. <laughs> it's felt like we've gone even lower. Has it not? I mean, this fucking Suella stuff. <laughs> like it, it really is batshit, isn't it? It's so insane. It's like, you know, here's this woman of colour. This legit woman of colour who's been going on about how it's her dream, her obsession even, her words, not mine, her obsession, her dream, to fly desperate asylum seekers off to Rwanda, right? And people are throwing Molotovs over the fence at refugee centres. And there's a kid in Newcastle the other day arrested on terrorism charges because he wanted to start a race war. And Braverman does fuck all about any of this stuff. There's, there's, there's crowds of flag-waving nutters in the car park of a Premier Inn screaming at refugees through their windows. These desperate people who have, what, sailed across the channel desperate for a better life, and you've got these angry flag-waving cunts in the, par in the car park going, Britain's full, send them home, send them to Rwanda, you filthy, thieving, paedophile Muslims, you know? And then occasionally uh, a journalist will step up and, you know, actually challenge her. Or they, you know, they'll go, uh, would you like to, um, would you like to publicly rebuke the disorder? Uh, Miss criminalised, noisy, annoying protest, would you like to would you like to criticise this angry, noisy, annoying, rather racist demonstration? And this bitch is like, no, 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 no. I um, I share their frustration. Like that's what she said. I think, I think Suella Braverman. You know, when you look at all this context, you know, the desperate brown people coming over. Here, she's fine with it all. She doesn't say shit about the Molotov cocktails. She doesn't say shit about the. She blames the fucking paedophile thing on all Muslims. She generalises. She's so fucking. I think she missed her calling, man. I think Suella Braverman should have joined the Met. <laughs> I think she should have signed up as a police officer. I think she should have joined all the worst WhatsApps. <laughs> I think she should have photographed herself with dead black bodies doing selfies. I think she should have stopped and searched foreign-looking kids in the street, you know? She would have ticked all of the boxes. I think she, she would have been great at that. The other coppers on the beat, man, they would have been like, fucking hell. Jeez. Oi, John, John. John, oi, look. I, see, I told you it was a good laugh. See, even Suella gets it. You know, like, Suella should have joined the Met. She should have. In fact, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> they could have hired her in as a woman of colour and let her beat the shit out of black kids. And they would have hit both their targets that way. Oh, fuck. Boom. I'm on form tonight. You see, this ain't the news agents, guys. This ain't restless politics. You are now rocking with the premium bourgeoisie tier of political and satirical podcasts. We've hit the proper booge tier here, haven't we? <laughs> but she would. She would have made a good metropolitan police officer. Old Sue. Anyway, back to her speech. I mean, do you know what I would have liked to have seen this week? I would have loved it if when 
she did her speech, right? She's up there, the podium, the microphone, bits of paper in front of her, right? And when she says white people shouldn't have to feel guilty or, you know, whatever it was that she came out with, like, I would have loved someone to have dropped a projector screen behind her, right? And then just showed a quick montage of her greatest hits, you know, the Rwanda and the immigrant bashing and the refugees getting screamed at and then, the, you know, demonization of Muslim and the grooming gang stuff. They go through all of the, you know, some have said racist stuff that she's done and come out with all of it. They go through all of it as sort of like little montage behind her. And then when she says white people shouldn't have to feel guilty, fucking someone should stand up and go, we know white people didn't do any of that shit. That shit was you. Like, you oh, fucking Eva Braun bastard. You fucking Eva Braun woman. <laughs> Whatever, like... I don't know, man. It's ridiculous, isn't it? It's like, listen, guys, listen. I know it's a confusing time. All of this multiculturalism, different races, pronouns, changing terminology. I know... Sometimes you feel bad, like maybe you used the wrong word, you know, and it was, huh, quote, problematic or, you know, I, or maybe you wonder what things your ancestors might have done and what the ripple effects of that behavior might be. The side effects that are still being felt today. I know it can be tough, but listen, you guys have got nothing to feel guilty about. She says while she's swinging a spiked mace into a family of four Afghans. She's like, honestly, you white people, just give yourself a break. <laughs> One of them's probably like, please, please, Miss Braverman, please, please, I, I beg you, please, please let me into Britain for a better life. Bam! Another hit with the mace. No, no, Miss Braverman, no, I, I love Britain. I, I want to make it my home. Bam! Harpoon through the dinghy. White people have nothing to feel guilty for. I'm like, wow. I mean, I was feeling a bit guilty there for a minute. I'm not going to lie, Sue. But now that the fucking, you know, laughing at the concentration camp sociopath is like, why you feel guilty for? Oh, well, now, now I feel so much better. Thank goodness. Thank, thank Christ I got your seal of approval. The fucking Nobel Prize for compassion from this paragon of virtue here <laughs> like getting getting told you shouldn't feel guilty by suella braverman you know that's like you raise your voice at your wife one time you know <laughs> you feel a bit bad about it maybe and then you got oj simpson walking in going come on man why are you so hard on yourself <laughs> like, like or pistorius you know hopping in on those fucking blades like a pogo stick but still clutching an empty 38 caliber. And he's like, you need to give yourself a break, brew. <laughs> like, like, maybe, maybe I do. Maybe I'm being a bit hard on myself, but I don't think you two cunts are the right people to convey this message. If this was an advert, the advertising agency would not consider you two on brand with this. Because here's the thing, man, like, is, right, there is a conversation to be had about this stuff right we could we could be serious here for a moment i think there is a debate or a discussion or whatever to, to you know to be had here i don't personally think white people <laughs> like it even sounds 
problematic, doesn't it? Like, even saying white people. Just, I don't know. I feel uncomfortable saying that. But, like, I don't personally think that white people should have to feel personally guilty for things that their ancestors did, right? There. That is a thing that we can say. You don't have to feel guilty for things that other white people did 100 or 200 years ago. But then... Right, so you can say that, but then you can have some further context that you can add around that, right? So nuance, if you will. Do you remember that? <laughs> it's been a while, but like you can say that stuff. You can say you don't have to feel guilty for the things that somebody else did 100, 200 years ago, right? And then you can say, but the British state and within it, a shit ton of white, very white, fucking whitey people, they did do a lot of awful stuff, right? really awful stuff we sold human beings we bought them we raped and murdered we stole land we stole minerals and gems we looted whole countries we have done awful things so when we say do we have anything to feel guilty about it is possible to say yes as a nation we've done some truly abysmal abhorrent things while simultaneously acknowledging that you yourself, whether you're white, fucking black or purple or, or rainbow colored, right? You don't personally have anything to feel guilty about. You know, it's possible to say both. But that is that is a um, I mean, I was about to say it's a you know complex and nuanced position to take. But the sad truth is it's not even really that complex. Like the country historically has done some awful things to a lot of people. But no, you shouldn't feel guilty about it because you weren't alive then. But the state probably should, right? And the British government, which happens to be conservative at this moment, are arbiters of the state and Whitehall and the Treasury. And they probably have a responsibility, not even guilt on their part, just responsibility to make amends, to just kind of, you know, acknowledge that the decisions that their predecessors made still impact lives today, right? But all of that is too much for this now dominant variant. <laughs> of populist conservatism. It's too much to handle. From fucking Whitehall to Fleet Street, just all of that nuance out the window. Now it is just, whites shouldn't feel guilty. You know, like, if you were a black guy, right? Maybe you are. Maybe you're a black chap and you're listening to this. If you're a black guy and you start seeing this stuff, not just that, you know, but, the, you know, the news stories about kids starting race wars you know and the governing party basically running some sort of fucked up national front rally is is what i interpreted the last week's news as you know if you if you're a black guy and you pick up the paper and it says white people are good basically like aren't you a little bit like oh all right um uh, i think i see where this is heading <laughs> like, pack up your shit you know Come on, kids, we're emigrating. Fuck this. And I know, you know, maybe that sounds a little bit off. You know, it sounds like I'm saying, maybe you better fuck off if you don't like. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you're a black guy, maybe you got, you know, a black dad 
a black grandfather, maybe they've told you about how some of this stuff starts, right? Maybe they weren't there, you know, ringing the bell when the UKIP guys were using the wrong terms, but that, that's fine. You know, very few of us were. But maybe they've warned you in the past. They've told you some stories about where they grew up. and uh, Maybe it's a different country or maybe their cousins grew up in a different... I don't know. Maybe they told you how it all starts. And they're like, well, you know, then then the newspapers started funneling out the government line. They didn't challenge the government anymore. And then, and then they started blaming foreigners. And then what came next? Oh, yeah, the, the uh, amping up nationalism. Uh, and then they were threatening to jail journalists. And they did jail some journalists. Oh, and then they started running headlines about whites and blacks and like if you heard those stories as a kid and now you see this stuff i don't know man like wouldn't you, wouldn't you be a little bit like look if it if it looks like fascism uh, and it smells like fascism it's probably fucking fascism you know if you're a member of a minority at what point do you look at the current state of british politics and go yeah this is um this is actually fascistic now and i think I think I'm going to fuck off, you know? Like I was talking to, um, I was talking to a few friends on a, a WhatsApp chat today and, uh, and we were just marveling at how, uh, I, I don't even know what the word is, like how compliant or, uh, you know, let's say fair or welcoming, uh, the British media are being about all of this stuff you know like i i don't want to make the whole show a suella special you know but here is a woman who when confronted by a jewish lady right who asked her very nicely to stop using such insane language <laughs> stop going on about invasions stop treating refugees like they're pests and scroungers like it's all sounding a little bit reiki sue and, and this bitch was like um no, uh, I've got nothing to apologise for and I'll probably crack on. You've know? <laughs> you got the demonisation of the judiciary. You've got the alignment of whatever their goal is to what they claim is the will of the people. You know, it's always miraculous. Whatever it is that the Home Secretary wants to do, that happens to be the will of the people. That is a box ticked on fascism. You've got the flags. You've got the castigation of the, the politically neutral broadcasters and, and journalists. Like, it is fascism. Right? Did I miss anything else out? Oh, fuck, yeah. The, the, the redrawing of electoral boundaries. The attempts to disenfranchise voters. The gerrymandering. Like, all of this stuff is all a bit fash. And yet the media are, you know, by and large, treating it like it's fashitainment you know like oh bloody cheeky suella <laughs> what will she say next you know like she's russell brand from like 12 years ago coming out with some crazy stuff and was like oh shit what's he said now you know she's like today as home secretary i would like to announce we will be returning the great british tradition of Reinvading the colonies. So, you know, it'll be brave, brave, Suella Braverman. Blighty, blighty. You know, from over here, the Daily Express, the Daily Mail, obviously they're all going to applaud it. But then even from the most sane corridors of places like 
Sky News and, and, you know, the BBC on a good day. It's like they would then report it like the British Refugee Association condemned the Home Secretary today for the comments that they said. Like, it's never, you know, the BBC or Sky or even the fucking Guardian totally blackballing her. You know, it's never those guys saying like, what she's saying is fascist and we will not broadcast that. That is fucking abhorrent. And I kind of think that's where we're at now. It's like they should they should just call it what it is. They should say, uh, I'd love to broadcast the Home Secretary speech. I mean, normally we do do that. So thank you for briefing us that it was going to happen. But frankly, everything that she says is kind of a bit 1930s. So thanks, but bye-bye. Like, I'd love it if, um, if just once, I'd love it if they, if they gave it some sass, you know, interrupted her speech. I love it if they, like, they broke into the coverage, you know, like, Suella's up there, you know, behind her podium or whatever. She's doing her thing. We're going to reinvade the colonies. And then they cut back to the studio. <laughs> and the anchor or presenter or whatever is just like, and unfortunately... We've got to break there. We have some breaking news. I'm, I'm being told that two orderlies and a nurse at a London mental facility have reported a fire escape was left open and some nutty cunt from the third floor who's always going on about invaders and surrender bills. It, it looks like she's escaped. We go now live to one of the... Nur- and then it's like a nurse looking over at the orderlies and this swinging fire escape blowing in the wind. <laughs> one of them going like, Gosh, she got out again? Oh, shit! But honestly, like, like, why are they treating her like this, you know, naughty schoolboy, basically? Like, we know how that turns out. We saw it happen with Boris, right? I'm delighted to announce we are not only decriminalizing. What, what, drugs? Oh, my God, the Home Secretary is going to decriminalize. This is amazing. Finally, you're going to listen to the science about drug use. And treat it like a medical issue. Uh, no, no. Uh, no. We are decriminalising fox hunting. Oh, Jesus. And, and, hear me out. We are expanding it. Expanding it? Is that, how, how are you expanding it? So you can physically hunt immigrants. Jesus Christ! I mean, this is, this is too much now, Sue. This is, by definition, murder. Oh, bloody hell, you wokies. You wokies and your bloody human rights. Don't bully people in the workplace. You can't sack people for no reason. Don't physically hunt foreigners. <laughs> like, she could literally legalise hunting poor people. She could make battle royale government policy. And the press would be like, tensions were raised last night when Home Secretary... Like, that would be it. They're just so fucking neutered, aren't they? Every week she comes out with something fucking ridiculous, factless, outrageous, based on nothing, drenched in culture war, superficiality, blaming this group of people, you know, amping up this. And it's just fucking... And never is it actually accurately... It always seems to boil down to... What is Rishi Sunak going to do next with his with his wayward, controversial... Home Secretary. Like, it's, it's like, what does this say about the Prime Minister? That Braverman just diluted the definition of humans to no longer include what she refers to as 
filthy, innately sinful vermin. What does it say about Rishi, though, and his leadership? We're all like, you know, who cares? Who cares what it says about Rishi? Get her! Get that bitch! I mean, yes, obviously he should sack her. And it does say something about his utterly shit brand of leadership, right? Every fucking day she's in that job, she drags the credibility and reputation down through the floor. You know, she's she's running one of the great officers of state. She's she's high profile. She's a senior Tory. But every fucking second she's in that role, she is a liability to him, to the department, to the country. Every second that goes by, she's like we're all on tenterhooks. She might fuck something up again. She's like a bull in a china shop. She's like a fucking drunken sloth after three bottles of Jack tiptoeing over a patio of mousetraps. It's just every... Has she, has she, snap! Oh, fuck! There we go, right. Defcon 5, red lights. Suella just fucked up again. I reckon every press conference, Rishi Sunak's just behind the curtain. Like, has she, um, has she said anything stupid yet? No, no, not yet, Prime Minister. Okay, well, um... Let's uh, let's wrap it up then. Come on, cut 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 the feed, uh, Prime Minister. She's only been up there for fifty eight seconds. Yeah, I know, I know, but uh, I I think we've all got the uh, I think we've got the idea though, right? You know, refuses to cut the feed, <laughs> and then she comes out with some other fucking awful nonsense, and he's like, "No, you see, I told you, I told you to cut the feed." Fuck! It's like, oh, sorry, sorry, Mister Sinner. God, how am I going to explain this? How, how am I going to call Labour anti-Semitic in the GE campaign now when Eva Braun over there just unveiled the Iron Cross and two S lightning bolts on her ministerial red box? This is a fucking disaster. Anyway, another thing that the Tories have been in the news for this week was this guy. I don't know if you're familiar with him. If you're on Twitter a lot, you may have seen this clip. But there's this guy. He's a Conservative MP. And his name is Damien Green. And you might remember him from, you know, a few years ago. He got caught up in the expenses scandal because <laughs> they, they get a set amount, don't they? Or they did. I don't know if they changed the rules. But he claimed for a second home. The whole idea of a second home is that they can get a, a place nearer to Westminster, I think, isn't it? And he bought a second home that was in Acton so he could get to Westminster when his actual home was like 45 minutes away from Westminster. And if you know anything about the Tube, to get from Acton to Westminster is about 45 minutes. So it's like, he got caught up in this thing and like, well, I'm, I'm entitled to, um, you know, to a, a, a second home that's, you know, because I'm working in Westminster, but I've also got my constituency. It's like, motherfucker, are you taking the literal piss? Anyway, we'll come back to what he's doing with taking the literal piss very shortly, but... He's he's been in the news for that, and oh, and he got almost sort of caught up in that Westminster uh, take on you know it's a sort of shit British version of the Me Too scandal, I guess. You know, over in the states, you had big, high flying Hollywood producers worth about seven hundred million dollars getting caught up in God knows what. There was a guy on Fox News who paid some woman, I think it was like, wasn't it like a hundred million dollars? Or like $70 million or some astronomical figure for it, her to just go away. <laughs> and he got fired. He got let, what was his name? Bill something. The settlement was outrageous. 
And I remember watching somebody's stand-up routine where they were like, what the fuck did he do to her that he had to pay that figure? You know, that is a colossal figure. Anyway, where was I? So Damien Green. Uh, he was on a panel. I think it was on LBC last night. And he went sort of viral today for basically suggesting that when he, when he went swimming when he was a kid in the south of Wales, he went in rivers and he went in a lake or something. And he's just saying, yeah, there was shit in the lakes and rivers I used to swim in when I was a kid. And it, and it never did me any harm. <laughs> and he was promptly ridiculed, dear listeners. And I noticed, like, I was watching this this morning, you know, chuckling away as I was, you know, looking through the news for things to do a TikTok about and, you know, trying to think of my angle, think of something to talk about. I'm flicking through it and I was chuckling away. And uh, I, I noticed that he's doing what they all fucking do. You know, and it's not just Tories, though it is mostly exclusively Tories because this is a kind of Brexit thing, right? But this is what they do, right? They take something that we all warned about which in this case is sewage and chemicals and the impact of leaving the EU, what it, what it would do to the sewage industry and, you know, how we would solve that problem, right? So he's taking something we all warned about. Like, if we leave the EU and you can't get your hands on the chemicals that you need to process the sewage, that is going to leave you with literally a whole heap of fucking shit. All right? What are you going to do with it? Where is that going? It is just an industrial national supply of shit and piss and more shit. And and you as a government or, you know, you as a Brexit campaign, you have to decide or explain to us how you're going to solve that problem. That is a problem. We're warning about it here. Because if what you're selling is sunlit uplands, if what you're selling is prosperity, but then there's this downside to it, you know, you're going to need these chemicals. Where are you going to get the chemicals from? You're going to have to put the shit somewhere. Have you really thought this through? If, if, if what you're selling is paradise, you've got to tell us how you're going to overcome this obstacle. To get to paradise. To arrive at the sunlit uplands. In which I presume there isn't shit everywhere. <laughs> but what did they do when they were confronted by that warning? They said, oh, Project Fear. Oh, rubbish. You bloody lefties. Always talking Britain down. If we need more chemicals, we'll just, you know, buy more chemicals. Or we'll make our own. Our own great British chemicals. You know, there's a bunch of us at the time were like, no, no, I mean, like, there's only a few places in the world you can get these chemicals. They come from specific natural resources. And, you know, if we're breaking away from the EU... I'm just saying, you know, do you have another place that you can buy these from? Well, we, we can still buy them from the EU. Well, you know, maybe not because, you know, they would go to EU member states first as a priority if they all need them. And then the stuff that's left over, there'll be tariffs. And if they have to come through customs with a shit ton of red tape, they're going to sit in a lorry and they'll go off and then they'll be unusable. So what is your plan? Well, we'll um, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Just, just stop talking Britain down. You're such a negative Nancy aid. For goodness sake. We were shitting and pissing long before we joined the EU. I can promise you that. Everyone's like, right. Right, okay. Then, you know, lo and behold, 
No plan. <laughs> no chemicals. And what do they do? Well, they can't... They can't cut the red tape at the border, can they? Because for all of their fucking, you know, take back control, they have no control at the border. <laughs> but where do they have control of the red tape? In the water companies. So bye-bye regulation. Bye-bye standards. Hello, shit and piss in the river. And then when you complained about it, you're like, so, you know, Brexit has made Britain literally shittier. <laughs> like, actually properly shittier. So can we all agree that this was a fuck up? Can we just call it what it is? No. Well, I mean, OK, unless your metric for success is shit everywhere. No, no, because I, I mean, and here's the tactic, right? Here's the trend that they all wheel out that I sort of cottoned onto this morning. They say, like, because when I was young, I used to swim in shit all the time and it never did me any harm. And that's it right there. They deny there's a problem. They tell you you're overreacting or lying. The problem turns out to be real. But rather than try to fix it, they tell you it's not even really a problem anyway. You know, what, like, what are you complaining about? Like, And we saw it with the divorce bill. Do you remember that? You know, reports came out. It'd be something like, was it 40 billion, 38 billion, something like that to leave the EU. And that was fact. You know, it was written in the agreement or some shit. And what was the report? Or what was the reaction to those reports at the time? You know, leaks have suggested that there's going to be a £40 billion settlement to leave the European Union. What was the reaction to that? It was like, oh, rubbish. Anyone that thinks that, uh, you know, the EU is getting £40 billion of our money, they can go whistle. Like, that was pretty much it. What was it? And then, yeah, a few months later, what was it? Yeah, um, who, who do I make the check out to? <laughs> Just no acknowledgement. No attempt to repair the damage done or accept that people who warned about it might be right about the next thing. Like fucking food prices. It's like, hang on, Nigel, hang on. Ha Ni Nigel, just, just clam it for a second. And, and you, Boris, just hold up a second. If we leave the massive, you know, fuck off trade block on our doorstep, who supply most of our food, won't we have to pay more for it? You know, that seems logical. Or, you know, we have to ship it in from further away at a higher cost, like, won't our food bills go up as a result of... No, no, no. I, I, actually, they're going to go down. Again with the dismissal. Again with the fucking ignorance and arrogance combo. And then what, like, cut to a few years later? <laughs> food is soaring at its highest rate, or fastest rate for decades. Like... Can we maybe get an apology from the party of fiscal responsibility here? Maybe. Yeah, is food going to go up? No, no, it's going to get way cheaper. Oh, that's weird because food has just soared in price. Well, uh, what's, what's that? You, you're sorry? You might take us seriously next time? Uh, no, 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 no. I, I was just going to say, um, you, you're going to price cap supermarkets? You're going to launch an inquiry into this fucked up, you know, cost of living price gouging shit that's going on no 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 i was just going to say if you can't afford cheese sandwiches don't buy them and again with the refusal to acknowledge the risks and the problems and the warnings coming true you know now we're at you know 
warning them that the food was going to go up in price, them saying, no, it's not, it's actually going to get cheaper, then it does go up in price quite substantially. And then they're like, well, you know, to be honest with you, just just don't buy the basics for survival if you can't afford them. Like, it's so, I don't know, man. It's like there's something deliciously schizophrenic in it, isn't there? Like, there's a problem. They refuse to acknowledge there's a problem. So the problem must be very, very small because it's not even a problem. You know, you're overramping it. You're overreacting. You're being hysterical. It doesn't even really exist, guys. It's not even a problem. All right. And yet at the same time, the problem is significant enough that this person, these people, are able to kind of brag about it as something that they went through when they were younger. Do you know what I mean? It's like, well, when I were a lad, when I were a lad, we didn't have central heating. We didn't. It was, you know, me and my family. Three, three of my siblings died. And my dad never got over tuberculosis. And none of it ever did me any harm. <laughs> Just a grim childhood. It's like, well, okay. So A, you think shit should just stay as bad forever, right? Or B, it was awful. It was a struggle. It didn't do you any harm. So it helped you to build character, right? Well, yeah, maybe. So it must have been pretty bad. And yet here you are saying that I shouldn't be upset about it. Like, it's paradoxical. I often swam in shit when I was a kid and it was fine. It made me the man I am today. That Every couple of days I would go swimming in feces and piss and awfulness. And one time I swallowed a tampon and uh, yeah... I got stranded on a fat burger. It was, yeah, it was good, though. Made me the man I am today. Oh, okay. So it toughened you up a bit. Yeah, 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 it did. So it was awful then. Well, no, no, no. That's that's not what I said. But how could it make you the man you are today unless it was a real fucking challenge? Well, because it, because it was hard. Right, so it's hard. It's tough. It's shit. We should probably try and solve it then, right? No, 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 because it's, it, it's good for you. Right, it's good for you, but simultaneously bad for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Like like being repeatedly hit in the face by a loved one who's like, it's for your own good. You know, like, isn't that where we're at with this? So what's that anyway? What 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 have we had this week? We've had the NatCon stuff. We've had the batshit teacher. We've had Anne Widdicombe and the cheese sandwich thing. We've had this lunatic last night bragging how he... You know, two girls, one cupped his way through his wholesome Welsh summers. <laughs> oh, fuck. We, I didn't even talk about the Daily Mail thing today. Saying how, quote, many people are starting to question democracy. <laughs> I haven't even got time to talk about this now. But according to the Daily Mail, many people are starting to question democracy. And they are wondering if a dictatorship might actually be better. So there we are, guys. That's where Britain is at right now. All of the alarm bells are ringing. All of the red flags are waving. We're on the cusp of a Labour or Labour-led government. And funnily enough, it's at that exact point, just as the Conservatives might lose their grip on power it's at that exact moment that the old fucking hooray for the brown shirts Daily Mail chime in with, you know what? Maybe we just sack off democracy, you know? Maybe we just refuse to go. 
at the next fucking election. Guys, that's all I've got time for. Thank you so much for continuing to tune in. Um, as I said at the beginning, I am doing two shows a week. It's Wednesday solo ones, uh, where I rant and roast my way through the news, try to make sense of the senseless, and then Friday nights is the live stream with a guest. Uh, tomorrow night, that's Friday the 19th of May, I've got Josh Hamilton on. He's the host of the GIST podcast. No idea what we're going to be talking about, but I'm positive it will be fascinating, stimulating. He's a really intelligent guy, and I was on his uh, podcast a few months ago, and I had a really great time, so I'm super psyched to have him on mine. Um, I'll be catching up with all of the Patreons very soon. Uh, I've got a uh, venue, actually, that I'm teeing up at the moment it's so I, I i made this like goal for myself a patreon that when i hit 21 patreons i will do because it's a cult i'm growing a cult guys i will do a culty sunday service thing and so i've just i might maybe have found a venue for it. i'm super excited i'm going to chase the guy up tomorrow uh but i'm not sure when it's going to happen yet but it will be hopefully sometime in august or september and tickets for that are going to go out to the Patreon backers first, as are, like, all of the episodes of the podcast go out to Patreons two days before everyone else. So if you're up for a laugh on the Discord chat, that's the Patreon, like, private instant messenger thing, I go in there every day. If you want tickets to the live shows, if you want podcast episodes two days ahead of everyone else if you want to be named and shamed slash credited at the end of shows like this then don't be shy jump on patreon.com forward slash aid thompson until next time guys we out this motherfucker this show was powered by the Binfluencer cult members over on patreon if you're interested in backing the show go to patreon.com forward slash aid thompson with an in right now the membership starts at just three pounds a month and you can get named and shamed or credited at the end of shows like this. So with that said, big shout outs to Bowman, Chris D, David, Mojo Sabian, Pingu, T-Rex, Aaron, Alex and Kai. But also a quick doff of the cap to Jeff, Peter, Sarah, Silent, Ailsa, Anthony, Eddie, Samantha, Mal, Rodri, Stuart and Kerry. Thank you so, so much to you guys for continuing to support the show. And I hope to meet up with you all soon at the next London-based meetup or perhaps one of the gigs that I'm putting in the diary or maybe even at Glastonbury this year. All the best and stay booge. <laughs>